Hi, this is Jason Graves, host of The Blazing Grace Show. I'd like to introduce you to a product that I firmly believe should be used in every home in America. It's called SafeEyes. SafeEyes is the only software you'll need to protect you and your family from inappropriate content on the Internet. Over the last couple of years, I've tried several products and have never found anything as fast, effective, and affordable as SafeEyes. I now only use SafeEyes, and I recommend it to everybody I talk to all over the country. You don't have to take my word for it, though. SafeEyes was recently recently ranked as the number one internet filtering software by the most well-known product testing company in America, alongside 10 other products. No credit cards are necessary. To start your 15-day risk-free trial today or to learn more about SafeEyes, visit their website at SafeEyes.com or call toll-free 877-944-8080. You'll be glad you gave SafeEyes a try. I know I sure am. That's SafeEyes.com, 877-944-8080. Counselors, business owners, nonprofits, and trainers, you need unlimited flat rate conference calling? Then call our good friend Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, where his teleconferencing service allows you to conduct unlimited calls for one flat monthly fee. That means no more per minute, per person charges. Go to affordableconferencing.com or simply call toll free 888 968 6186. He saved Jason and Rob thousands. That's Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, 888-968-6186. They're proud to bring you today's broadcast. Now it's time for this week's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your host, Rob McIntyre, Jason Graves, and Mike Janung. It's sponsored by AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes. Thanks for tuning in to The Blazing Grace Show, where we cover blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Now, here's your hosts, Rob, Jason, and Mike. Welcome back to the Blazing Grace Show. This is Jason Graves along with Rob McIntyre hey, and Jason. Mike Janung. Hello, guys. Mike. Rock and roll. <laughs> well, listen, we're coming back uh, from a intense, intense show last week. If you didn't listen in last week, shame on you. Go to our website, download the archive copy of our show entitled uh, visit with registered sex offender part one because part two today we're going to continue our discussion with Dan and John who are in fact two registered sex offenders who have been kind enough and brave enough I would say to come and join us and share their stories they're very compelling stories and today we want to really talk about what is the profile of a sex offender and what that really looks like so John Dan welcome back to the show thank you thank you you bet well, we want to kind of get a picture, and, and, and I'm kind of thinking um, when we think about a sex offender and how poorly they're they're painted in the media, the newspapers, as these uh, horrible criminals. And, you know, I think there's this prevailing idea out there. In fact, I think John or Dan, one of you alluded to it last week that, you know, you're the lowest of the low. Mm. Uh you guys are two normal guys. I mean, we're sitting in studio with Dan here, and, you know, you're a handsome guy. You're just a, you're, you're an average guy, and, you know, you, you had a great job before this all ha- this all happened. And, you know, John, you were in law enforcement, and, and you guys are normal guys. So help us understand what is the profile of a typical sex offender? Well, that would be anybody, actually. Hmm. Uh, you just you don't know. Mm-hmm. The only way to profile somebody is to watch their behaviors. Mm-hmm. Good point. Try to understand uh, what it is that they're doing. Uh, we talked briefly about pornography use last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, if 
if I were to go back again, like John had said, hindsight is twenty twenty. I would go back and ask anybody who's in the use of pornography, and I mean to delve into it and be confrontive about it and say, why are you doing this? What is the need in doing this? Um, if somebody is overly preoccupied with children mm-hmm. and wants to spend time with children, well, again, don't hesitate to be confrontive about it. Mm-hmm. Why? It doesn't hurt to ask. No, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't. So to profile it, a person, well, as you know, John was a police officer. Right. I was uh, in the community that I lived. I was well known, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, semi-successful. I lived a definite middle class, middle class lifestyle, and it was completely unexpected mm-hmm. when people finally found out about what I did. Mm-hmm. And so it's you can't really just put any kind of one specific profile right. on a sex offender. Right. And I'm just wondering, John, being in law enforcement, you know, like Dan's saying, it's hard to really profile this type. But, uh, you know, your your law enforcement, Dan was a professional. What just types of people could, you know, did you come across in, in maybe some of the, the circles in prison that, that you knew uh, that they had similar offenses as you? Well, one of the things that you'd mentioned uh, was, uh, you know, we, we, when we think of a sex offender, we think about the guy in the trench coat. Mm-hmm. And the, public park. Uh, the fact is, is that, uh, you know, for me, my secret was very well kept. Mm-hmm. No one knew, not even my closest family members. Um, I, I was very careful about how I I covered my tracks. And the thing is, is, is it covers all walks of life. Right. You know, through that, through that program that I was in, the work release program, uh, we had a lot of individuals from different walks of life. I mean, Law enforcement. There was, uh, you know, anything from from uh, a doctor on. You know, so it affects mm-hmm. everybody. Right. Um, you're not always going to be able to tell. And the thing, the thing I've thought about this, the only thing that I can think is that uh, somehow or another, you've got to reach them through their conscience. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to reach out and say, hey, you know, guys, there's a better way. Mm-hmm. Because as a sex offender, when I was victimizing, I was hoping some way, somehow, that I would be able to break free from this. Right. Uh, because it's, uh, you, you go in through the cycle. You go into a false remorse, and at that point, that's when you want, you want help. You, know? mm-hmm. you want any kind of help that you can get, but then you're fearful of the consequences at that point, and you, you can't reach out. Right. Um, you know, and if I had somebody saying, you know, coming to me and saying, you know what, I understand, uh, help. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a real tough, tough issue because it's such a shameful issue. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a secretive thing. For me, it's what gave me power was mm-hmm. my secrecy. Right. right. Hey, John, you know, um, one of the things I'm thinking about as you guys are sharing is, you know, the frog analogy in the hot water. And as, as things start to warm up, you really don't even know that things are warming up. When did you guys start to see the warning signs in your own life when this thing was out of control before you guys were caught? What were some of the warning signs that you can just tell our listeners? Because, so, Dan, you shared about people who pay too much attention to mm-hmm. children. What are some of the other warning signs that are out there? Well, 
in my own particular case, my warning sign should have been, again, the where I was going in my thinking and where I was think where I was going with my pornography use. Um, I found myself going to younger women or younger girls for that matter to to satisfy the lust that I had. Um, and that's when it started getting out of hand. I should have sought help at that point in time. Uh, warning signs as far as uh, just, again, I just want to emphasize when somebody starts minimizing the effect of sex on people mm-hmm. and saying it's just sex right. and minimizing pornography use, it's just pornography. Mm-hmm. It's not hurting anything. Mm-hmm. Well, it is hurting something. The very fact that you're, by the use of pornography, you are supporting the degradation of women for the most part. That's the vast majority of pornography. It's the degradation of women. Right. It's not exclusive to that, but even on the males, it's the degradation of males. Mm -hmm. It's the degradation of children. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not, it's not a simple thing, you know, and it's not minor. So if you see somebody that's delving into websites and using them and then they're locking themselves in the room because they want to do this in private, private or in public, regardless, it's a problem. Right. Those are the warning signs. Uh, just anybody who has that sort of an attitude mm-hmm. about it needs to be confronted. Right. What I see a lot of and hear a lot of is where somebody is a trusted relative or a trusted friend. In that context of that relationship is where a lot of sexual offenses come in, where it's the father or the uncle, the stepfather. Or even the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear lots of times where a brother assaulted somebody. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that we need to be more concerned about an uncle or a father than we do the, the guy who's hanging out in the bathroom looking to assault boys. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the, the statistics do uh, bring that out, that in almost the overwhelming majority of cases, the victim knew right. the perpetrator. Also, there's that myth out there that, you know, once a sex offender, always a sex offender. And these guys can't be changed, which I just happen to know from, from having personal relationships with, with people who fall into that category, that that's just a lie. But who are the guys out there who have or would tend to have the highest rates of recidivism? Okay, well, it's interesting you bring that subject up because I have a re- uh little bit of research that was done in Canada mm-hmm. over the uh, years of 2003 and 2004. Okay. So this isn't exactly the most up-to-date uh, situation. Uh, just in a quick synopsis, over a five-year period, um, it, it, gives, it gives statistics. And statistics are pretty harsh mm-hmm. when you're a victim. Mm-hmm. And nobody really wants to try to downplay or minimize anything. Uh, but I am I'm giving you this information to reemphasize the fact that the majority of the victims knew their perpetrator, mm-hmm. and it's usually an individual that they trusted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as far as all sex offenders are concerned, over a five-year period, it was uh, indicated that 
there is a recidivism rate of 14%. That means people general. who reoffended, recidivism correct. means you commit the, the crime or the problem again. Right. Okay, so 14%. Overall offenders wow. over wow. a five-year period. Okay. Uh, over that same five-year period, uh, the highest one that you had asked uh, was, okay, it gives a quote of 25.2% of individuals who had more than one conviction mm-hmm. of, 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 a, of a sex crime of some sort. Okay, mm-hmm. that would right. have been either a felony or a misdemeanor. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the highest rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, more importantly, though, there's a 23% of who will reoffend of boy who have boy victim child molesters. Mm-hmm. That that is a 23%. So those are basically the highest rates that you're looking at right there according to this this uh, research paper that had been done. Okay. In this paper, they did a, uh, they took a, also a, a survey that was done in the United States by Langen, Schmidt, and Duralis, and this was in 2003. And in that study at that time of 9,691 sex offenders, the sexual recidiv- recidivism rate was uh, 5.3 after a three years pursuit. Period. Wow. Okay. Incredible. So it's, 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 you know, it's pretty tragic in yeah. what it is. But again, I want to emphasize it's not so much the reoffender that people need to be focusing on. Right. And I'm not trying to detract from people being aware of who I am or where right. I live mm-hmm. or anything like that. But don't be so distracted by that I'm living in your community mm-hmm. that you lose sight of the fact that there are people that your children know or mm-hmm. you may know mm-hmm. or whatever the case is that may be creating a potential problem. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and I appreciate your sensitivity around that. It's not like you're trying to um, deflect people away from the attention mm-hmm. that needs to be on on sex offenders, but rather prevent preventive measures and being proactive about that. Rob? Yeah, you know, John uh, – I, I recently had a conversation with a, a friend who's a detective, and uh, I almost, well, we didn't get to blows and fight, but uh, he was pretty dogmatic about people in prison, and, and he's a believer. And I was, I was pretty um, upset at him for a moment, maybe an hour, I don't know. But, uh, but it was, it was kind of to the, the harshness that law enforcement views people. But, you know, both you and Dan have a recovery process and we want to mm-hmm. we want to highlight that we want to highlight that there is redemption mm-hmm. and so john talk to us a little bit about your recovery process and then dan i'd like to hear from you as well yeah what's helped well actually uh definitely the, the thing that helped me the most was uh asking jesus christ to help me uh mm-hmm. i had to uh you know you get to a point where you realize that you can no longer do it yourself and Man can't. I mean, man can help you to a certain degree. Uh, they can give you tools, which is what I've learned over the, you know, through my therapy. Mm-hmm. But uh, the actual uh, help came from from uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that I mentioned earlier in uh, last week that uh, while I was in prison, uh, you know, being at the lowest point in my life, I had no place else to turn. Um, my focus was on God's word. Mm-hmm. He through the it was almost like a seminary mm-hmm. process that I went through. Wow! 
through that through those means. Uh, once released from the system, uh, I moved back to Arkansas, and uh, I had this desire to reach out to people who were struggling with these issues. And uh, through uh, the help of uh, Mike Chenong, I was able to set up a, a strength numbers here in Arkansas. Who together and, and hold each other accountable. Um, and that's a tremendous blessing because yeah. uh, you know it's 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 a safe haven for men to be able to come together and talk about their struggles. Yeah. And know that they're not alone in the struggles. Powerful. And uh, and through prayer and through uh, holding each other accountable, uh, we're able to overcome these these hurdles that uh, Satan keeps throwing at us. Amen. He who the Son uh, sets free will be free indeed. Yes. Amen. And good for you, John, for stepping up to the plate and just resisting the enemy's lie that says, hey, now that you've done this, you're disqualified or you're put on the shelf. I mean, you've stepped up to the plate hugely for those men. Uh, And I want to hear also from you guys about your vision for what uh, God is going to do, what you're recovering to, not just what you're recovering from, what he's going to do in your life to restore and to redeem in just a second here. If you're just tuning in, this is the Blazing Grace Show on KGFT and www.blazinggrace.org. We're happy to be visiting with Dan and John, who are both registered sex offenders, and we're just kind of getting an idea about their hearts, about their faith, about their vision. Guys, tell us a little bit about how God can use a guy who's been through what you've been through and who's still hanging on to his faith. Well, in my situation, excuse me, In my situation, basically, what the first thing I had to do is I had to turn to God mm-hmm. and ask Him to help me become selfless mm-hmm. uh, and try to become objective in my thinking as far as I'm concerned and other people are concerned. And God granted that for me. He granted me with the ability to be able to communicate with other people and to be able to go out and help other people. And that's what I want to strive to do. That's one of the reasons why I'm here right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as my future is concerned, it, again, it, I need God's direction to give me strength to re- maintain accountability. Mm-hmm. That means when I develop a relationship with somebody, uh, I need to be able to let them know so that they can make their own choices whether or not that that's they good. want whether they want to have any more association with me. And I've actually found that in more cases than not, people want to be understanding and they want to actually be a support. Yeah. And I've learned to rely on that support. Mm-hmm. So God plays a very large role in my life. Mm-hmm. And he has guided me through this program that I've been in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had mistakes. You know, I had problems while I was going through the problem where through the program where I fell back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of my own sense of insecurity and my own need for self. And it took it took a couple of years before I finally got beyond the selfishness and was, be able, was able to start looking at myself objectively and other people. John, uh, most, most men are terrified to, to share just their struggle with porn or masturbation. And you got up in front of your congregation and shared your story. What what were the effects of that? Well, it uh, it actually had a uh, a better outcome than what I first anticipated. Um, the opportunity 
arose to uh, stand before my congregation. Uh, we actually have a uh, ministry that deals with uh, drug addictions, and, and Strength in Numbers is part of that, uh, under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I was asked to give my testimony, and it was uh, kind of unexpected because it happened uh, Sunday morning that I was asked to give it on Sunday night. Oh. So I went in um, unrehearsed and, and totally just uh, uh, transparent. And uh, I just, the Lord just gave me what to say. Yeah. And uh, the thing that, what I what I didn't expect was, I, I guess I had, uh, with the shame issue and everything, I was, I was fearful of what kind of reaction I would get. But the overwhelming response, and then this is what really, really blessed me, was I had an overwhelming response of people coming up to me and hugging me and telling me, you know, that uh, they were glad that I attended their church. Uh, that uh, they were just real supportive of me. Uh, I could not believe, uh, because I, w- I would have expected opposite. I would have expected to be shunned. And, uh, you know, and that was several months ago, and I tell you, uh, actions speak louder than words, and I still have uh, all that support in that church. Sweet. Hey, John, you know, uh we just love that Jesus uh, loves all of us sinners, right? Amen. And, and and what do you guys have to say? Because we know it's prevalent in our society for those guys who are, are offending to the point that you guys offended, or even worse, or even the guy who's just struggling in pornography right now who feels trapped. What, what do you guys have to say to them right now? I, I personally would say that, uh, you know, you don't have to deal with this alone. Uh, we, we serve a mighty God. We serve a God who... who who created us. He, he's known us before we were even born. He knew us. And, uh, you know, we, we get off the path that he has for us. But the fact is, is that the very God who created us and knows our, our very being has the power and the desire to help us. And all we have to do is reach out. For me, whenever it, I, I, when I struggled with masturbation, one of the things that I found that if I would do, if I would just drop to my knees, and, and ask the Lord to help me get beyond the moment, to help me see beyond the moment and not get off my knees until I got through that moment to help me see past it. Uh, and if I, if I continued in praise and worship, he took that desire from me and filled me with a desire to serve him. Uh, and I just I would like to say that, you know, we serve an awesome God, and he is able and willing to help. Hmm. How about you, Dan? Well, again... I agree with John. I think the first somebody should turn to prayer, ask God to help them become a selfless person, and give them the insight to understand the damage that they're not just doing to their victims, which is severe, mm-hmm. but also the damage that they're doing to themselves and what they're actually doing to society in general as we know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can only survive through the grace of God, and believe me, it's through the grace of God that I've been able to carry on the way that I've had, that I've been able to get where I am now. I I feel that I've been more successful in my life over these past four and a half years mm-hmm. than anything I'd ever done before, mm. and, it, and it has to do with God's grace, mm-hmm. and it has to do with remaining focused. Awesome. And I'm just curious— if you guys could, on behalf of sex offenders everywhere, uh, speak directly to victims of, of sex crimes, what would you have to say to those people? Well, first, 
I would like to apologize. Mm. That's the first thing. And say that I intend in my life to do whatever it is that I can do to prevent any further victimization that goes on mm-hmm. for my own part. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I would like to encourage them to seek help. Yeah. And if they're being victimized and they're not talking about it, find somebody they can talk to about mm-hmm. it. With. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who the person is that's perpetrating on them. That person needs help, and you're not going to be hurting them. You're going to be helping them in a far greater way than you could ever possibly understand. And above all, you'll be helping yourself. Right. But then after you do that, please find help for yourself. John, anything to add to that as we wind down here? Absolutely. I would say it's not your fault. Right. There's nothing you're doing that is causing this to happen to you. Right. And, and you need to be aware of that. It's not, it is not your fault. Awesome. Well, and I too, gentlemen, I want to, again, thank you for just sharing your hearts, being so bold and brave, but also uh, on behalf of those in our culture who have been judgmental and prideful and arrogant towards you as sex offenders, I want to ask your forgiveness and say, uh, please forgive us for being too harsh with you, for not being understanding, not listening, not being helpful. And, uh, and, I, and I hope that that is something you can receive and that will be reparative to your process. Thank you. Thank you. We love you guys. We're proud of you. Keep on being mighty men of God. And we, we are praying for you and your ministries. Uh, and guys, I want to thank you, Rob and Mike, just for, it's, you know, it's Thanksgiving, Christmas time, it's the holiday seasons. I, it's just a joy to be able to work with you and to tough, you know, tackle these tough, tough subjects. And uh, you guys are just great men of God. And, and I love you to death. And uh, I'm excited to, to you, be working Jason. with you. Back the noise you're going to hear now is a hug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we are thankful for you as listeners as well. Uh, This is a delight to be able to do this ministry. And if you'd like to further the ministry of the Blazing Grace Show, then you're uh, welcome to visit us online on the web at blazinggrace.org. And just listen as the close of the show gives you details on how you can support the ongoing work of the Blazing Grace Show as we tackle the tough issues with grace-filled answers. So, on behalf of uh, Rob McIntyre and Mike Janung and our producer, Ted Griffin, we want to wish you a happy holiday, and we love you, and continue to tune in to The Blazing Grace Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. Today's broadcast is sponsored in part by AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes.com. Visit them on the Internet. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported broadcast intended to help reach listeners worldwide. Your support is vital to keeping Blazing Grace able to minister. If you can help with a tax-deductible contribution, it would be greatly appreciated. You can send your contribution to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962 dash two five two one more information visit on the web at blazinggrace.org b-l-a-z-i-n-g-g-r-a-c-e dot o-r-g forward slash radio dot htm there's also a downloadable copy of the broadcast available for you if you want help resolving a sexual or pornography addiction you can schedule a therapy appointment with rob mcintyre his number is 877-593-1166 Jason Graves can be reached 
at 877-590-7685. Again, Rob McIntyre can be reached at 877-593-1166. Jason Graves can be reached at 877-590-7685. If you have questions about Blazing Grace, you can email Mike at Mike at BlazingGrace.org. We look forward to sharing more Blazing issues and grace-filled answers with you next time. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you.